Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't think so. We just cut up our girlfriend with a chainsaw. Does that sound fine? You are listening to Three Guys and a Flick. This is where we review the good, the bad, and the absurd. Tonight's episode, Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Beware, spoilers. Coming to you from my basement, this is Dawn. Uh, To my right is our comic book and web guy, John. How you doing? And to my left, as always, the professor. You're holding my hand too tight. (laughs) <laughs> i'm not holding your hand oh my god they come with quotes already i love it uh how are you guys feeling tonight groovy groovy fantastic all right so we're here talking about evil dead 2 is this our first absurd movie um maybe borderline absurd come yeah. on yeah. i gotta go with ken on this this is pretty absurd I mean, okay good i didn't a, it's a comedy I, slash horror film see and, and i didn't want to be the one to label it because as soon as she starts dancing dude come on all hail the king though oh, bruce campbell on. yeah well oh yeah he will he is certainly a delight in this flick right the uh, best yes uh made back in uh 1986 it was released on march 13th 1987 uh it was directed by sam Raimi. Written by Sam Raimi and Scott Spiegel, and it stars Bruce Campbell, Sarah Berry, Dan Hicks, Cassie Wesley, and Richard Domier. And Sam Raimi's brother, Ted Raimi, as Henrietta. And who's Henrietta? The evil witch in the basement. The evil witch in the basement. Yeah. I don't know. How do you describe her? That's, that's a fair depiction. The deadite in the, in the basement? Yeah, but who was she? She was... Uh, the what's his face's wife and right. what's her face's mom? Yeah, mom. I don't even know their names. Yeah, Annie. archaeologist Annie's mom. Annie's yeah. mom and dad that owned the cabin and are now missing. It was made for a mere three point five million dollars, but turned around and uh, made ten point nine million at the box office back in eighty seven. John, would you talk a little bit about why this movie came about and how it's. I mean, what this movie is. Absolutely. Uh, We actually have Stephen King to thank for this movie. Back when uh, Sam Raimi originally made the Evil Dead movie, they made it for barely anything. I think it was under $50,000 they made that movie for. And it did okay. It didn't do great. So Sam Raimi went on to make a few more movies. He made a movie called Crime Wave that just absolutely flopped, I guess. It was just a horrible movie. And so he decided to go back to his horror roots and make Evil Dead 2. He originally wanted the plot to be a medieval plot that our hero goes back in time, Army of Darkness plot. He was having troubles getting the funding and got contacted by Stephen King, who happened to be a fan of the first movie. Stephen King met with Dino De Laurentiis and talked Dino into funding the new movie. Dino, though, wanted the movie to be similar to the first one. 
So Sam Raimi and the scriptwriter they agreed and came up with a plot for Evil Dead 2. Problem is, they couldn't get hold of any footage from the first movie because they didn't have the rights to it. So what they did is they reshot the first movie in the first like five minutes of this new movie. So that's why a lot of people don't call this a sequel. They call it a requel because it has the first movie and the new movie all together in one package. Big problem was that everybody was dead. And so it's like, what do we do? Well, we'll just sort of reset. I know a lot of people thought this, this guy, Ash, what an idiot. He went back to the same cabin. No, it was a, a completely new movie, just a continuation of the original storyline. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it kind of reminds me of, um, well, Robert Rodriguez did it with El Mariachi and Desperado, right? Desperado mm-hmm. was pretty mm-hmm. much a mm-hmm. remake of uh, Mariachi, only because he got more money to do it. Yeah. Uh, but, so, yeah. really, you don't need to see the first movie to enjoy the second movie because it has it in it. Are you sure? But if you want to go back and watch the first movie, it'll feel a lot like the second movie because it ends, I believe, with Ash's head in the puddle and coming up as a oh, dead eye. Oh, right, right, right. That's right, where the right. first movie ends. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you ever see the remake? I did see the remake, and I, I didn't enjoy it as much because it, they lost the, the humor element. Well, yeah. It wasn't as campy, and that was kind of one of my enjoyments of this movie. So let me ask you this. Do you like horror films? I do. I, I grew up on horror movies. Uh, since a young age, I went out to Blockbuster and picked up every freaking horror movie, no matter how bad it was. And that was my weekend thing with my friends. We would watch horror movies. And the reason I wanted this one was originally when this film was made, they were trying to go for an R rating, but they were worried they were going to get an X rating. So that's one of the reasons why you see different blood colors in the movie and why it's so campy, because they wanted to get that R rating. They ended up getting the X rating, so they ended up going with no rating. Oh, an unrated horror movie? Oh, I had to see that one. That's why I think immediately I was just attached to this film. Interesting. All right, I got to know, what's your philosophy when it comes to horror movies? What's the best advice you could give to the online, unsuspecting horror people going into their horror situation? Give every movie a chance, no matter how campy it sounds. The, The characters, the characters. You know, so like, for example, oh, let's separate. I'll go check out this room. You go check out that room. What, 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 what? How, would, how would you handle in a horror situation? How would I handle it? Yeah. How would you, what would you do? I would pull the Eddie Murphy. The Eddie Murphy, which is you walk into a house. Oh. The house says, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. get out. Sorry, baby. I'm we out. can't say. I'm gone. Let's I'm go. Gone. This is a beautiful house. This is a wonderful house. Get out. Let's okay. Go. We got to go. Yeah. I, as I think uh, Don and I were watching the movie just last night, and I said, as soon as the first thing would happen, I, you know, we got to that bridge that had been torn apart, mm-hmm. I'd be climbing down the rock wall. Yeah. Your advice, Don? If I was in a horror movie? Yeah, if you're in a horror movie, what's <clears throat> the advice you give those people? Um, <laughs> really? Nothing? Well, I was thinking. You, you caught me off guard for sick, a second. Professor. Yeah, thank you, dude. Um, my advice would be... Uh, I, I don't have to be faster than the monster. I just have to be faster than you. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah. Yours? So, so in general, my advice is that as soon as something bad happens, everybody has to stay together. Nobody separates, period. Yeah. And well, then you all die together. Nobody sleeps with anybody and nobody gets stoned. I mean, if you watch Cabin in the Woods, it explains it all. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, uh, in Cabin in the Woods, the weed he was smoking was altered by them. Mm-hmm. The hairspray that they were using was altered by them. Fair so, yeah. I mean, come on. We got to do that movie one of these days. Cabin in the Woods? Oh, I, oh, I fucking movie. loved Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. That would be one of the hopefully in the helmet someday. Which was probably inspired by... All right, stop. Back to Evil, well, evil Dead, Dead 2. 2. They do say... Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2, or the Evil Dead movies, originally created the whole idea of... The cabin in the, the Woods. The Cabin in yeah. the Woods How and the horror. How could it not? Don, yeah. What was this movie about, Don? Uh, well, shit, dude. It's... Uh, <laughs> Ash Williams and his girlfriend decided to take a romantic vacation at a seemingly abandoned cabin in the woods. While in the cabin, Ash plays a tape of archaeologist Raymond Noby, the cabin's previous inhabitant. The Book of the Dead, the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, the recorded incantation unleashes an evil force that kills and later possesses Linda, turning her into a deadite. Ash is then forced to decapitate his girlfriend, Fight his own hand and deal with the thing in the basement in order to defeat the evil unleashed. Well, that's the whole movie right there. Why'd you just spill it all? Well, but now we can talk about it, right? From the opening shot. What a spoiler. The heck? What did you think of that opening shot coming out of the tunnel and going over the bridge? Coming out of the tunnel was pretty cool. It was a, a nice little transition. And going over the bridge, it looked like a miniature and it felt like a miniature. So it probably was a miniature. It was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the guys who did uh, the special effects, uh, K&B, uh, the guys who run The Walking Dead, he, they also did like uh, a lot of Robert Rodriguez's movies and they did From Dust Till Dawn. And, you know, they're, they're super big now. And this was one of their very first gigs, uh, watching the behind the scenes. It was pretty cool uh, how they came up with the practical effects on a lot of this. Because, again, 1986, right? So it all had to be practical. What did you think of the idea of the the point of view was from the evil monster? I have always said, if you're going to make a monster movie, make the camera the POV of the monster. That was the best. Don't, did you like that? Don't absolutely. show your monster until you absolutely have to or, you know. That was the best. Have, having the sound effects, the uh, the blurry angles, the, the off-centeredness of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ken, had you seen this movie before? No, this is my first time. And you liked it, huh? I didn't say that. Well, no. you kind of sound like you did. He's, he's geeking a little like I, I think so. But uh, I love the fact that they came up with just some you know, creative ways to do that. One of them was riding a bicycle with the camera on it through the woods. Another one was two guys uh, would hold on to like a piece of wood. And in the middle was the camera, and they would run through the woods to give that kind of weird, bumpy look to it. And I guess at one time, when you see like Ash being thrown through the woods and everything, they had smashed into him and almost knocked him out. Yeah, I can see that totally happening. Uh, super independent uh, way of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they well, had to, they had to make a uh, they had to make up a lot of it as they were going along. I, I right? think this is showing off the genius of Sam Raimi and his uh, you know never say die attitude of you know putting this movie together yeah you can say that i don't know if the story supports that but the story does not but sam raimi's ambition and his enthusiasm and his passion definitely carries through in this movie oh i believe that 100 percent. and it's amazing how it's an entertaining movie whether you really liked it or not but it's an entertaining movie that takes place in one location pretty much mostly inside the cabin and for the first what half of the movie one person battling the demons 
and it keeps you entertained. It's right up there with like Breakfast Club when they do that just one location, one set, one group of people. He did a good job showing us uh, what the demon was supposed to be. You know what I mean? Uh, the presence of it. And Bruce Campbell, I thought, did a great job having to do most of it by himself. You know, and, and it is entertaining. It is entertaining. And I thought that it was going to go in a different direction. Because I've seen Army of Darkness, and I, I saw the camp in that. And I was, I kept hearing that this was like one of the goriest movies at the time. Maybe, I guess. So, and looking back on it now, I don't think I had ever seen it. So watching it a couple of weeks ago and then again with you last night, um, like the first two times I've seen it. I heard a rumor somewhere that a lot of the budget was spent on all that blood that they had spraying and shooting and dumping and everywhere. Yeah. And then, so the first time when I watched it, I was thinking, ah, it's not that gory, it, you know, but then watching it again, I'm like, oh, maybe. Cause when the blood, you know, when splattering in his face or when he's cutting off his hand and just the ridiculousness of it. So yeah, I mean, if, if campy horror is your thing, then this is right up your alley. And the fact that again, kind of like, you know, matrix did with bullet time, this movie inspired, I think, a lot of things that are reused in a lot of other horror movies. Oh, I agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah, I, I think Sam Raimi um, really did some groundbreaking stuff that really opened up the doors and the imagination of a lot of future horror directors. Mm-hmm. You know what I liked about this film is that it, it just started and it never stopped. If you if you think about it, from the car ride in to, by the, uh, to when they get to the cabin and he's playing the piano and they're dancing yeah what is that five minutes yeah something like that and then come you know he turns on the tape recorder and i mean that's gotta suck right you didn't even mean to you didn't you didn't mean to unleash this uh demons uh where you're at i mean it brings up the idea you know i think again reused a lot which is don't read from the book right and he didn't technically read from the book the archaeologist on the tape read from the book, so kind of screwed right. him right there. Oh yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. I mean, he, yeah, Ash Williams kind of gets a bum rap from this. Yeah, mm-hmm. but why does the cabin look so tidy when they get there if the professor read from the book? Well, well, you the know, Pandarian demons are actually very tidy demons. <laughs> they like to clean up after they kill a lot of people. You know, lure more in. I, yeah, I'm shocked we didn't have a scene of that happening. With corpses with their heads on backwards and sweeping and uh, Mary Poppins eating it up. I could see Mary Poppins as a Kandarian demon. Yeah. A dead eye. Oh, and and this also, uh, I have to ask the question. So the father comes to them as a a vision, right? Or, and it says, tells them how to, how to Mm -hmm. beat it. Uh, Where did he go? I mean, how did he, where is his body? If you watch the TV series, Ash versus the Evil Dead, it kind of is explained a little bit that when the demon possesses the body, your soul gets taken to their dimension. Mm. So that's probably where the archaeologist is. But yeah, what happened to his body? Where is his body? Did he burn himself? Did he? We don't know. They never kind of bring that up. Yeah. Or did he just get swallowed by like Henrietta or something? Oh, maybe. That reminds me. Hey, Ken. Uh, while watching this movie, uh, who who plays the girl? What, what's her name? Uh, I think Sarah Barry. Is that her name? Sarah Barry. You're talking about Annie. Yes, Annie. Annie. Did Annie's character uh, physically resemble anyone that you might know? 
familiar face, but I don't know how or why. Remember that family with a lot of kids at school? Yeah. The mom. That's what you think? Oh my gosh. I look at her and I go, oh my God, that could be her mom. The The time frame might even be... Oh, wow. Uh, okay. The, the facial expressions, just everything. It's pretty funny. Okay. The actress that got that role, originally they weren't going to cast her. They didn't really think that she fit the part, but because of her scream... And the way that she could just scream so loud, that's what got her the role. The, yeah. pi- the piercingness of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a question for you both. Evil Dead, the musical, it has actually spawned a musical. Would you go see it? Uh. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can add more incentive. When you go and see it, which I have, there's a splash zone. And by the end of the show, if you sit in the splash zone, which I did, you are covered in blood. My buddy at work, I think he was telling me about that. And I referenced it to, remember Gallagher, mm-hmm. that comedian? The same kind of thing, but with blood. Yeah. That's awesome. It, it's great. I mean, there's scenes, you know, like where, you know, Ash cuts off his hand uh-huh. in the musical and then walks around and just sprays the audience. That's <laughs> uh, great special effects. Mm-hmm. Where'd you see it at? Uh, I saw it when it came in town here. It so, came here? Yeah, it came here. I think it was in Tacoma. Oh, wow. So I highly endorse it. If they come back into town or if you get an opportunity to see Evil Dead, the musical, go see it. So uh, what does it encapsulate? Is it the both movies? It's Evil Dead 2. Oh, it's just Evil Dead 2. It's too. pretty much the whole Evil Dead 2 movie with a lot of songs. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and even the demons sing. Really? Yeah, the Deadites get into the action. Well, they kind of do in the movie too, right? They have that little sing song. Yeah. Uh, I saw you saw. I saw you saw. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Uh, from here on out, listeners, uh, we are going to forego any audio clips, and we're just going to do them ourselves. Um, all right, so Ash and his girlfriend get to the cabin. Uh, they have that piano. And again, it just kicks right off, right? So the demons come in, and I love that shot with the demon coming into the house. And as it's coming into the house, did you notice that the house is kind of shaped like a skull? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, vaguely. Yeah, they have rocks out front, yep. and it looks like the yep, teeth. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, what I loved about the the demon, or whatever it is. Deadite. The deadite. That's what the camera was? Mm-hmm. It was the Kandarian demon, and when they possess people, they're called deadites. All right. So, but nothing would stop it. Not closed doors, not anything, right? And so, it would, we pick up really quick. So, his girlfriend gets possessed. And she attacks him, and he whops her head off with a shovel. Poor Linda. Poor Linda. That was an amazing shovel. Pretty sharp, right? Yeah. One swipe and clean cut. Yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, it kind of looked really, like it was really easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> like there was no, no force think, behind it. I, if I, if I was that shovel maker, I would have used that as a commercial. I don't think it was a spade shovel either. No. Uh, so now, but uh, he buries the body. And he's all upset about it, which I thought was a touching moment. Right? Mm-hmm. And then she comes back with a dance. And at that point, yeah, I could take it or leave it. I think at that point, you realize exactly what kind of movie you're watching. Yep. I mean, it almost it almost looked like they used a Barbie doll to do the dance. She did look like a Barbie doll. It was very plasticky looking, stop animation. But again, we are talking about 1987. And again, they were going for a little bit of the camp. When did Nightmare on Elm Street 3 uh, come out? 87, I think, right? It had a very similar scene in the junkyard with uh, Freddy's Bones. Very stop stop motion animation. Yeah, Yeah, you called it 1987. Good job. 
It's probably my second favorite Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, Dream we'll, Warriors. Oh, fuck yeah. But yeah. we'll get there. I thought that was a great, you know, not to go off too topic, but I thought it was a great twist for the series that now you have people who can fight back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and which is a nice segue. John and I noticed it uh, when we watched it, but did you see Freddy's glove in the work shed? By you any know, I think I did. Yeah. I, I think I did because I looked at that and it's like, hey, that kind of sort of, but then it was gone. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing about it, and you you and I noticed it, is not only does it appear in the work shed, but then when Ash later goes into the basement, it's down in the basement as well, and behind him, remember over his shoulder? Was that in the basement? It was in the basement as well, behind oh. him. So it moved. Freddy's I, everywhere. Yeah, I don't remember what scene I saw it in, but I do remember seeing it and yeah. thinking, hey, that kind of sort of looks like... Sam Raimi originally put that in the movie as a nod to Wes Craven. And I guess, I think in the Dream Warriors movie in Nightmare on Elm Street 3, the, when they're walking down a street, there's a movie playing in the background, like a you know big sign for a movie, yeah. and it says Evil Dead 2. So uh, they kind of go back and forth. That's the rumor I've heard. Yeah, but I haven't I'm, verified I'm, well, it. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think of the scene where they're walking down the street because I know Dream Warriors pretty well. Do you, do you guys remember uh, Cinema 12? Uh, over where the uh, Linwood Convention Center is now. Yeah. Uh, there there was a theater there. It was called Cinema 12, and you paid three mm-hmm. bucks, and you could go see a movie, right? It was a $3 theater. But their security wasn't any good, so you'd go at uh, opening. A dumpy theater. Yeah, I mean, it's the crest, really. <laughs> uh, but you'd go in, and you could movie hop all day, which is what me and my buddy would do. And uh, we hopped into Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Fucking changed my life. Um, okay, so back to Evil Dead 2. He cuts off his girlfriend's head. Buries her. She buries her. She comes back in, dances for him. Lovely little dance. Yes, and then he is haunted by the head. Eventually, the head bites him, and we end up in the tool shed, which is what we were talking about. Work shed. Or the work shed. And he has to get her off his hand. <laughs> Um, Puts her head in the vice. Yeah. And, the, oh, and then the body comes in with a, a chainsaw. That's right. all, that's all practical. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's some guy holding the, the model uh, or the, yeah, the model of the body, which is holding the chainsaw. And he's like on a skateboard on his back. And uh, he has to roll in and fight Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing how they made it. I just, I think at some point I would have wanted it to be, played more straight you know because I, I like the idea i like the concept i like you know you eat uh, you read from the book of the dead and this is what you get mm-hmm. um but I, I i get it it's i think that's kind of what, what you is. get with the remake yeah is that it's pure horror in the yeah remake? but i also hear that the remake is super fucking gory oh, yeah. and at what point i mean really do we really need to see that I it's mean, almost gore for just gore sake exactly and that's and that's where i don't like that's what I think uh, some of the uh, horror films today, that's what we get. Uh, Gore for gore's sake. This scene, though, I think we start to see Ash is going a little crazy because as he's chainsawing his girlfriend's head, he's got that kind of mixture of laughing and and screaming at the same time. Yeah. I mean, how do you deal with that? (laughs) He seems to handle it pretty well. Yeah. And the bite mark, where the bite mark is on his hand... Mm -hmm. You start to see the black veins and everything come from it, and his hand becomes possessed. He has to fight his hand. You think his hand is one, but yet he wakes up just in time to stab his hand and then takes the chainsaw that just happens to be right next to him 
and cuts it off. Yeah. And so there was a lot of physical comedy in that scene, right? Mm-hmm. So Bruce Campbell is doing this all himself, hitting him, he- uh, hitting himself over the head with plates. Mm-hmm. He even did. He even flipped himself with the hand. Yeah, he flipped himself, and then he pulls himself along, and you know, so a lot of great uh, comedic stuff. Did uh, it from feel Bruce Campbell when he was kind of yes. he cut his hand off, and the hand got out? You know, they put. I love how they put the book on top of the bucket, and the book is "Farewell to Arms." Yeah, but mm-hmm. the hand gets out and runs off. Did it feel Tom and Jerry to you? Oh, very much scene? so. You know, while he's trying to shoot the hand, the hand goes into the mousetrap. What do you think of that scene? Totally nonsensical. Yeah. Yeah, and then he shoots in the wall, and again, we get more blood. Yeah. And did you, uh, the that blood is more orange than red. Yeah, and so then it turns you, black. Yeah, you can see the different shades, and, you know. Um, did you hear how read how that uh, scene was made? The blood? No. They had him lie on the ground and just hosed him down with blood. Oh, I guess I see. Yeah, which is the spraying out of the wall. Yeah. It was him laying down and they turned everything sideways Uh, and then reversed it to have the black blood go back in the wall, obviously. Yeah. A lot of reverse photography here. And I I didn't mind it. Mm -hmm. It's a great camera trick. I thought the the whole idea of a hand as now your arch nemesis was kind of humorous. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I I suppose. And a little bit of foreshadowing of something's got to go on that stump. Yeah. Oh, did we skip him driving off and leaving? He already did that and came back, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, and we get to meet the tow truck driver. and Oh, yeah. Uh, in the little flash flashes right. to the other group. Yeah, right. Bobby Joe and all that. But we also see the bridge is out. Yep. And he can't escape this little cabin area. The yeah. bridge is out. <laughs> now, I made a comment before, too. The scene where he screams as the bridge is out, uh-huh. you know, he's he's all upset and he's having his, you know, his moment felt very Planet of the Apes to me when uh, Charlton Heston comes across the Statue of Liberty. They blew it up. Did yeah. it feel the same to you? Mm-mm. No. Oh, OK. I'm wrong. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Um, it just didn't. I, uh, I, didn't, I just felt I didn't that the whole that. Passion, I didn't get that vibe. scream of. You, you know why? It's, it's all lost. Because when we get to see what the bridge looks like, I immediately again thought of Nightmare on Elm Street 3 because that junkyard scene, the the, the animation style is, is very similar. So that's kind of where my head went at, at that moment. And then, you know, it, it snaps back. And now we're on our way back to the. Oh, the. When he's driving the car back to the cabin and the deadite is chasing him, how does the deadite not catch him? I mean, you're telling me it's not faster than a car? Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking the same thing too. And what happens? Does it go through the events and then get to him? Or can it possess the car like Christine? Well, my personal theory, the Kandarian demons, the deadites, they like playing with people. They like bringing out the fear. They like, you know, taking it up to the next level. So when it's chasing him, it doesn't really want to catch him at first. It just wants to scare the crap out of him. Until then, it can catch him and possess him and do whatever, you know. Basically, just it's tearing his mind apart. Okay, so you said uh, to you, your, your opinion, but why, why do you think that? Have you, have you heard that? Is that just what you got from when you watched it? Is that how you imagine but your Deadites would be? Or? The, the reason why I come to that theory is there's so many times that the Kandarian, Kandarian demons, they could possess 
uh, Ash when he's all alone in the cabin, yet they don't. They just, they torture his hand. They have all the little mind games of people coming out of the mirrors and the, you know, the uh, deer on the wall coming to life. They're playing with him. They're, They're trying to shatter his mind. They're trying to drive him crazy. Why don't they just possess him and win? You know, if they can tear apart a bridge, why not smash the cabin? All right. So yeah, I feel like I feel like they're just torturing him because for torture's sake. And I I think that's sound logic. I think that's solid. Yeah. The scenes where he is going insane and he's by himself in the thing on what is that a deer? A yeah. Deer starts laughing yeah, or whatever. his hand <laughs> and then the. Uh, I felt like it was a bad Muppet. <laughs> like a Muppet <laughs> gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And the and then the laughing scene. Yeah. Right. Went on for a bit mm-hmm. too long, but you know what do I know? I'm no Sam Raimi. It was kind of a, I thought it was kind of a clever descent into madness, showing just how crazy he's getting. So we meet uh, Annie and Ed Gitley, and they uh, team up with Bobby, Joe, and Jake. Um, The bridge is out. So Bobby, Joe, and Jake take the two on a trail. Where is this trail, and how did it get around the bridge, and how did they get there so fast? Don't you always talk about this in movies? That it's that's the way it was written? <laughs> yeah, because that's the way it was in the script. All right, okay. That's That was, I guess, one of the complaints in the first movie, is there wasn't enough people to kill, so they had to add more people. Oh, really? So you have to get them to the cabin quick. That's mm. the only reason why I thought they showed up in the movie. Oh, more people to torture and kill. Yeah. Yeah, that, was, that was all I thought. They were restocking the supply. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So they get across, and uh, while they're making their way across this convenient trail, uh, Ash is continuing to go crazy in the in the cabin, and he f- gets his shotgun, right, loads it up, and then he shoots at the door, thinking he's shooting at the deadite, uh, but instead, who does he hit? He hits Bobby Joe in the shoulder. And what happens then? Was it Jake? Yeah. yeah. Jake, Jake runs in and through. tackles him. And I know, Don, you had a problem with this scene. What was your problem with this scene? What was my problem with this scene? That how did he not see Jake coming? Oh, right. Well, the quick cut, and it's it's a continuity thing for me always, but how does Jake close the distance? The door's blown open, right? So he should be able to see what's in front of him. Jake comes in, and I don't understand how Ash doesn't see him coming through the day. I door. can explain this. Oh, please. The way I explain it is what was around Jake's neck? I don't know what. He wore a set of dog tags. That means Jake probably has military experience. He could be a Navy SEAL. Did you not get that impression from Jake? No. Are you fucking kidding me right now? (laughs) So he used his special tactics to, you know, subvert Ash's attention and be able to run in, charge him, and take him down like a soldier. All right. So, hey, this movie was made in 1987. If you haven't seen it by now, well, then shame on you. You just want to give it a five now, my friend? <laughs> Sam Raimi thought of everything. Sam Raimi is a is a great director. I mean, God bless him. He gave us Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire. And at the and time... And Bruce Campbell in it, too. It, well, well, Bruce Campbell, I think, is in everything that he does. And what else Probably. is in everything that Sam Raimi does since Evil Dead 2? Uh, His brother? A great answer. Yeah, probably that, not wrong. He's in a lot of them. Yeah, but I think what John is referring to is that car. Oh, the Oldsmobile. Right, right, right. Yeah, the car. Because I, in Spider-Man, I think it's Uncle Ben's car, 
right? Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah, Sam Raimi made that his his little signature that he puts in every movie since Evil Dead 2. He puts that car somewhere in it. Yeah. So we pick up where... Uh, They've thrown Ash down into the basement. Right, because they think he's crazy. They think he murdered uh, what's uh, Annie's parents. Yeah, so Annie starts playing the tape again, or someone starts playing the tape again, and it's revealed that Annie's mother had gotten possessed by the Kandarian demon. She became a deadite, and she was trying to kill the archaeologist's father. And he ended up having to kill her, but couldn't just get rid of the body. He threw the body down in the basement where we now have Ash. They play the tape, and Henrietta comes after Ash. So they ultimately get Ash out of the basement, but now Ed Gitley, the guy Annie's with, has Mm -hmm. now turned into a deadite. And the makeup effect on that was pretty cool. This is where I think we also get an example of when they kill Ed, his blood is green. And yeah, it just came off a little weird. Because there was so much of it. Oh, there was always spraying blood all over the place. Yeah. And this this scene with Henrietta I thought was good. But what did you think about the uh, popping eyeball? A classic nod to the brilliant Three Stooges. It was campy. It, it fit the moment. It fit the tone we were going with. And did I roll my eyes? Yes. Did I yawn? Maybe not. But, you know, it's a great effect. Just like when uh, Ed is jumping up and down or levitating, you can totally see the wire that's holding him. You know, it's campy. (laughs) And I think the worst part of that scene is Ed was wearing a members-only jacket. And in the 80s, I had that same jacket. Oh. (laughs) So that stung a little. Members-only. Yeah, I remember those. I always wanted one, never had one. I don't think I ever wanted one, and I don't think I ever had one. Annie, Ash, Jake, and Bobby Joe team up. They get rid of Ed, and then Dad shows up. Oh, yes. Dad, what? Uh, the spirit of Dad right. crosses back over from the Kandarian demon dimension right. to let them know that the secret to getting rid of the Kandarian demons is to use what, you know, the passages in the missing pages that Annie had just so happened to bring to the cabin. Hey. That's the way it was written. It was written that way. Phew. And he basically finishes off by saying, by doing this, they'll save his soul and their lives. Yeah. What do you think of the sounds and everything as they're, you know, they they make a comment of it sounds like somebody, like a a spirit is trying to cross over. They jump right to that conclusion. Like, you know what that would sound like. But I thought they used some clever sound effects. Uh, Well... Nothing really jumped out at me, uh, except for when, uh, was it Henrietta who has the long ostrich neck? Yeah, she kind of does that a little bit here, but she mostly does that later on in the movie. Right. Uh, when she does that, though, she sounds like a chimp. Yeah. They had some weird <laughs> sound effects. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the sound effects didn't really move me, so <laughs> I can't say I recall any of that. Yeah. What do you think, Ken? I, I, I was unimpressed. With the, I was unimpressed with the sound effects. I just, like I said in that scene, that just, I don't know if it's the comedy or just the, yeah, wow, is that they start hearing something happening and the first thing they jump to is, sounds like a, you know, a spirit is trying to cross over or trying to enter our dimension or something like that. Would that have been your first thought? If, if, I, if I had heard the sounds? Yeah. Or would um, you think? If I'm, in, if I'm in this situation and shit is going down like this, fuck dude i have no idea my first thought would be i'm hearing all these things happen i'm like okay now where do i need to point the gun yeah but does the gun really work we haven't really established that it can i mean he the first person he shot was fucking bobby joe yeah 
right? Poor Bobby Joe. Where is Bobby Joe? At this point, Bobby Joe is still no, around. She took off. She takes off right after this. I mean, she she, ta- she takes off during the scene with uh, when Dad's talking from the other dimension, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I think you quoted the line earlier, Ken. <laughs> well, yeah. What did you say? I said, "Don't hold my hand so tight." I'm not holding your hand, honey. That was at the bridge. And that's when he freaked out. I think she freaked out and started running, didn't she? Yeah. No, that's right. Oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, That is it. Um, Because she turns around and goes right out the fucking door, right? And so now Jake wants to go find Bobby Joe. He's demanding that Ash and Annie go with him. Mm -hmm. What would you do? I already talked about this at the beginning. Everybody sticks together. You don't split up. You, You know she's gone. Ash knows. She's dead, she's yo. Dead. I mean, you know it. Everyone knows it. In that instance, Ken, I think I have to break your rule. Okay, but that means that consensus rule, that being that one person says, we go get her. The other two say, no, we stay here. That's it. You don't split up in a horror movie. Wow. But if you look at Bobby Joe's boyfriend, that's the best he's ever going to do. That's going to be the best he ever does. I mean, Bobby Joe was kind of a cutie. She was. Uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Did you know that in the beginning, when she was chewing tobacco, the first scene we got to see her, mm-hmm. that it was, I, from what I've read, that was brownie mix? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They, they just wanted it to be able to spit brown. Yeah. yeah. That whole scene with Bobby Joe and the trees and attacking her and all that, what did you think of that? Uh, as a filmmaker or as an audience member? Either. Uh, as a filmmaker, I was thinking, fuck, that's awesome. Because um, practical. Mm-hmm. She was really drug or the stunt woman or whoever did the stunt was actually dragged through the forest or uh, a replica of, you know, probably as safe as possible. Uh, but then the vines and shit coming out of her cheeks. And I mean, it was pretty cool. The The tree was hokey. But when she started getting strung up and uh, the vines and everything, I mean, that was some pretty cool effect. Uh, so what happened? Did the tree eat her? Is that what ultimately happens? I, this this scene was actually edited down. The original scene, from what I've heard, I don't know if I've ever seen the original scene, a lot more graphic. In fact, they called the tree rape scene. Oh. And, um, I thought Sam, that was in the first one. I don't know if it was in the first one or the second one. But I, think Sam it, Raimi, I think it's in the first one. Sam Raimi has gone on and said that he really regretted that scene. Yeah. So that's why you don't really get to see... What happens to her? I think it's in the first one. It could be in the first one. And that's why this one was cut down because he wanted, he wanted the scene because he thinks it's terrifying or silly. I don't know. Now I, I Um, love Don when we watched this movie just the other night, uh, some of the comments that you were making about this scene. Do you remember what your comment was? Dude, I don't remember what I did this morning. You went, damn tree beard is pissed. Yeah, even the trees walk in that movie. Yeah, what do you think, Ken, of that scene? I thought it was lame. I, 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 uh, I was expecting it to, you know, just to have her just get like flattened into the tree, and and I think that's what was in the process of happening, but I never necessarily saw that happen. And so, because I didn't see what happened to her, I was thinking. What the heck? You show me everything else in the movie. You're, you show disembodiments, dismemberments. You, you can't show me her just being like flattened into the tree and it's now just the tree. That is horror just to have the sound of her going down into nothing into the tree. But we didn't get that. 
you would, I think, liked what the original script called for then. Original script, it was meant to be a man that ran out into the woods and got attacked by the trees. And what was supposed to happen is the trees were supposed to rip him apart. Just rip him in half. So maybe that would have been a little bit better for you or give you a little closure. Well, that certainly would have been a lot more in line to what was going on inside the cabin. For me, I kind of got to agree with Ken on this. I thought that it was a... I, I agree with you that the, the, the version of it and the look of it and everything looked great. But all I kept seeing when I saw the scene was the Wizard of Oz when they're walking through the woods and the trees are talking to them and they're moving and throwing apples at Dorothy and all of them. And it just came off to me as... They're not scary. Well, and, and so now I'm starting to I'm starting to buy into your uh, deadites just want to fuck with everybody, mm-hmm. right? Because if this if this evil can possess anything it wants, uh, and clearly it wants a human host, I I, I don't know why uh, when you can possess a tree, right? Um, so I I think that the deadites are fucking with people, yeah, you know. Uh, but trees, yeah. Not I thought so it, scary. I also thought it was a missed opportunity. Why did they not bring Bobby Joe back as a deadite? Um, she could have been like this deadite with tree branches and stuff coming out of her. Uh, that's a great question. I, I don't know why they didn't. Um, I think there was a lot of missteps here, but it, you know. Yeah. So if any Kandarian demons are listening out there, you missed an opportunity. Yeah. Go ahead and invite that shit, dude. That, that's how horror movies start. Oh, he brought the book. We have the Necronomicon. <laughs> we have the Necronomicon ex mortis here in front of us. And I've been trying to get Don to read from the book. He won't do it. Big baby. Uh, you motherfuckers do it. I saw Cabin in the Woods. I saw this movie. I've seen a lot of horror movies. You know what the fun thing is about this book? Is go back and rewatch movies like Cabin in the Woods and other movies. The Necronomicon Ex Mortis appears in a lot of movies. It's always in the background of a lot of horror movies. Yeah. This exact look of the book with the it. face and everything. I believe it. I believe it's it. even spawned a, a cult status of group. I think they're called the Knights of Samaria. If you go onto Facebook and think that this large group that just worship this movie and they make all the props and it's just. It, and do all the kind of role play and cosplay. And it's just amazing the stuff they come up with. Fascinating. That's where I learned how to, you know, make my book look similar to the movies. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks pretty good. Yeah, I bought, it, my, oh, I bought my book from a, a site called trickortreat.com. And it comes to you with white pages and everything looks brand new. And if you go to their, the Knights of Samaria's website, they teach you how to make the book look all old and like the one in the movie. You know, and I respect the fact that you took the time and you you made it the way you wanted it, and now it's a cool collectible. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought when it opened the movie, it was fucking dumb, but you know, it's a great prop. So yeah. kudos to you, my friend. Well, thank you. Yeah, it looks good aged. All right, so now Jake and Ash and Annie have to walk a little bit outside to go look for Bobby Joe. Well, Jake is holding them at gunpoint at this point. He takes the pages, the, the pages they need to get rid of the demons, and he throws them in the basement oh. to try to force Ash and Annie to help him find Bobby Joe, who Ash already knows is dead. Yeah, and so, you know, and he throws them down in the basement, and I'm not sure why. But anyways, he does, and so now we still know that who's down there. Henrietta. Yeah, so at some point we're going to have to deal with that bitch. And then... Uh, Maybe she's just misunderstood. She's well, just hungry. Well, she does pop her head out looking like the actual mom singing mm-hmm. to the little girl, Yeah, right? 
a classic trick. Don't trick. fall for that. Trickery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, uh, Jake leads uh, Ash and Annie outside, and this is where we get a shot, another point of view shot of the demon coming in, and he's coming fast, and you know, and, and he's aiming for Jake because we cut to Jake, and then we cut to the demon. We cut to Jake, we cut back to the demon, trying to build that you know tension, and you as the audience member are going, oh, uh, now it's Jake's turn to die, right? Because the evil's coming after him, but... We get the turn. It, but yeah, but it doesn't. Uh, who does it get? It repossesses Ash again for the oh, second time. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Okay, so now we're at the point where Ash has been possessed. Yep. And he's chasing them back to the cabin. Yep. And uh, Jake, I believe, has been thrown headfirst into a tree, and we just assume he's a goner. Oh, that's right. That's right. I was because, thinking, what, what happened to Jake? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I'm thinking... That guy, he takes a pretty good beating too. Ash takes a huge beat in this whole movie. But Jake took a pretty good beat in there. Well, Annie makes it back to the cabin. And, you know, of course, someone breaks through the door. And what does Annie do? She stabs him. With the Kandarian dagger. The Kandarian dagger. Which you know that thing hasn't been cleaned. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love the the, the, the misdirection. Um, she stabs Jake. Uh, thinking it's ash so what mm-hmm. i liked uh, about that was uh, after she realizes it or whatever uh, she has to get him inside but she's still closing the door on him and then he, she pulls the dagger out and she's trying to pull him and he just keeps the poor guy just got stabbed in the chest and the, the way she's pulling him you know it's not doing him any favors did this feel like another three stooges kind of scene to you uh the door closing did mm-hmm. but not the, I mean, I get it. You got to bring him in. You didn't mean to fucking kill him. Stab him right <laughs> center in the chest. Yeah. What do you think, Ken? Uh, it was just like arduous. It's like, okay, here we go. So you were getting a little tired of the movie by this point? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And thankfully, this movie comes in at, what, like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it wasn't too bad. So the, the great thing is, is any drags him through the hallway, which I guess uh, the actress in a documentary talked about Sam Raimi made he kept doing that scene over and over again. And he was a heavy guy. And so she had to drag. That was really her dragging him down the hallway. But did you notice conveniently where she dropped him? Oh, where? Right next to the trap door down into the basement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so of course who grabs Jake? Henrietta. Henrietta grabs Jake and pulls him on in and kind of goes all, you know, country barbecue on him. Oh, yeah. Country that, picnic. Oh, that's right. Because then, uh, you know that stunt, uh, that actor or whoever, did, or the, I think it was a stunt guy. Uh, he almost died. No, it was the real actor. Oh, was it the real actor? Yeah. yeah he, because he was upside down and they were shooting the blood up and the runoff uh, was choking him. Yeah, it was coming back down. The first him. take was practically drowning him. Yeah. 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 And again, that, That's the scene blood. he remembers most. So now Ash breaks in, and, I mean, Annie, God lover, tries to defend him off, but ultimately Ash uh, knocks her out, and then Charm, or the necklace that he gave his girlfriend, Linda? Linda, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, or Linda had in the opening of the film. Dead-eyed Ash sees it and, you know, triggers something. Love wins again, and, you know, forces the demon out of Ash, and now he's back. This scene has always bothered me a little bit. I mean, Rock. I love the fact that, you know, you know, his willpower chased off the Kandarian demon out of him and he's no longer a deadite. 
But doesn't that kind of send a message that everybody else that's been killed in this movie, maybe they could have been saved? I was thinking about that. Were you? Mm-hmm. That, you know, if Ash, because we, we watch Ash come back twice. Why is Ash able to come back twice, but nobody else does? <clears throat> well, the first time, because uh, apparently the deadites are like vampires, uh, the sun forces it out. That's where they say dead by dawn, because they only have till dawn. Right, okay. So that's one. I mean, that's that's horror movie 101. Uh, the second is love, right? I guess apparently uh, Ash really loved Linda, or loved that uh, necklace at least, because, I mean, it the triggered something for him. glass thing. Yeah, um, and, and they make it a point to show it to you up okay, front but, in the beginning. But why didn't it save Linda? She loved her parents. I think, you know, she could have maybe loved Ash oh, I'm enough. Sorry. I'm thinking of Lynn. You're thinking of, of Annie. Annie. Oh, yeah. right. Right? Yeah. Annie's dying breath. She saves the day. But then again, she wasn't possessed. Yeah. She was mortally wounded. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe uh, that was the difference. But why doesn't it protect Linda? That's a great question. But Ash has it before she gets possessed. Yeah, I think it's because it was in the script and written that way. <laughs> I think that would probably be the real reason. All right. Well, yeah. so love saves the day, uh, or I shouldn't say that. Love saves the moment. And, uh, but and Annie doesn't believe it. Yeah. Well, no, she wakes up and, well, would you? She goes all Cujo on him trying to kill him. No, I would have killed him too. Why? But he but, doesn't look anything like he just did. But neither did Henrietta when she started looking like her mom again. Okay, well played. But the thing is, oh is, wait a minute! Why didn't that save? Yeah, why didn't Henrietta convert? You, you think so too, especially at the end when she starts, you know, Annie starts singing the song to her. You think maybe Henrietta could have came back, but for the love of her little girl. The scene here that bothered me the most. Oh, her soul is, was already. Is know. Ash throws Annie down, basically saying, "I'm okay, I'm okay," and then he rests against the wall, and the axe comes flying at him and misses him by about a foot. That is the worst aim I've ever seen with an axe. Maybe she was just trying to make a point. Maybe she was just checking. She didn't really... I mean, he's her best chance. They are each other's best chance of getting out of this alive, right? So maybe she just had to make sure that, you know, she was firing a warning shot. I don't know. Kill them all. At this point, it's everyone save themselves. No, because you're never supposed to break up the group. Unless the group's possessing trying to kill you. Well, you don't know that for 100%. You have to make sure. It's like the thing. I love classic you, classic scene. Was it all, in horror movies? Only one person can ever survive. Um, not in today's horror films. Okay. No, all that changed was Saw. Wow. Yeah, but Saw is like a continuous story. Every movie <laughs> adds on, and then every like next movie kills the people who survived in the last movie. Have but it was you, around. Have you seen them all? Yeah. Oh. Okay, but it's around that time that horror movies start letting the bad guy win, yeah. and nobody gets out alive. And Scream tried to change the rules. Uh, Scream didn't change the rules because uh, it ended the way it was supposed to end. Uh, the story went the way it was supposed to go. I think Scream called out the rules mm -hmm. and Scream was kind of a parody of itself. And what made Scream so good, in my opinion, um, was the writing and, you know, the, the twist. And just it, it was a really good horror film at the time. And uh, Wes Craven, I mean, Wes Craven can do really no wrong in my book, right? I mean, he gave us Freddy. He's the dude. Freddy. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, we digress. Uh, 
So Ash is good. Annie's good. We're getting ready to get on to this final. Chainsaw it up. That's right. So they have to deal with that witch downstairs. So they need a weapon. So what do they do, guys? They go to the work shed. Do they get Freddy's glove? No, they get the chainsaw and decide that the weight of the chainsaw is perfect for the stump on uh, Ash's right hand. Yeah, but I mean... But you the, really, you really think they thought that? But the thing too, I thought was interesting is a little bit earlier on, Ash makes a comment as they're looking at the pages, the lost pages, that he felt like someone just walked across his grave, and then we see this picture of a guy wearing a very similar, you know, shirt to Ash, similar hairstyle, in one hand holding a shotgun, and the other hand is a chainsaw. Foresh- so, foreshadowing foreshadowing definitely your favorite topic (laughs) and we see him in you know 1300 ad because that's where we're going to get army of darkness now here's the question though did that give them the idea to put the chainsaw in ash's hand or you know do they think you know do they not click with them of oh now we're doing something exactly what's in the picture um i didn't think about it because didn't really care Mm -hmm. uh i thought it was a nice nod i thought it was foreshadowing and uh knowing now what i did well let me rephrase that Uh, i hadn't seen this one but i have seen army of darkness what was that like five six years later yeah i think army of darkness is in the 90s 93 maybe 91 i don't know but um you know, I it, it could have given them the idea, and if so, cool. But uh, nevertheless, we are in the workshed. Uh, what if, you know, they're soldering something, and he places it to the chainsaw? What is that? I don't know. I don't remember what you're talking about. So they he takes the chainsaw, and he gets the clamps for, you know, what's going to hold it to his, his stump. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then they're soldering something to the chainsaw itself, and then we cut back to him hold uh, him putting the the rip cord in that little contraption that he made. Yeah, he makes a little strap that kind of goes around his chest, right? That has a little piece that can hold this chainsaw starter, right? The rip cord, right? Mm. And that's how he starts it with one hand, right? But, but then he also cuts his shotgun to create his boomstick, right? But what I'm saying is, what was that little thing that they soldered onto the chainsaw? What what impact could have it had? I don't know. All right. If any of you out there know what it is, uh, let us know. Yeah. Throw it in the comments. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay. So now we're ready to go battle Henrietta. Henrietta. And this is, the, the I think, I mean, for what it's worth, this is the first time we see Ash Williams. Is, we are now going to know him uh, for the rest of uh, till today. Yeah, throughout right. the series, throughout the TV show. I mean, that's Although Bruce Campbell's character. I mean, yeah. that this is the Ash Williams that we'll get. He eventually replaces it with a robotic hands, like an Army of Darkness, and Ash versus the Evil Dead. It's got a robotic, hand. but every so often he's got to go back to the old chainsaw. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of a defining moment, if mm-hmm. you will, in campy horror cult classic favorite. Did you history. know that when they made the movie? Uh, Freddy versus Jason, that there was supposed to be a sequel to it. I thought it was going to be the end credit. No, the sequel was going to be, and they actually came out in comic book form instead, which was Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Right. I, th- I thought the stinger, one of the ideas for the stinger at the end of the Freddy versus uh, Jason was Ash showing up. Mm-hmm. 
and then that's how it would end. Yeah, it was right? supposed to lead into the sequel. Right? Um, my favorite one of those is Freddy and Jason are fighting, and they go to hell, and then all of a sudden, uh, Pinhead shows up and says, "Gentlemen, is there a problem?" <laughs> I would I would have liked to seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> anyways, they uh, have to get the pages mm-hmm. uh, to finish this uh, prayer thing, Madoodle. And Ash goes downstairs. He yeah. finds the the pages uh, all scattered. So he's got to look all over the the downstairs. And we know Henrietta's down there, uh, but we don't know where she is. So we're kind of building the tension, and it's good camera movement and. Well, the you know. page, they needed the pages because they needed to take the smoke monster. I always think of uh, Lost and the smoke monster and bring it into flesh so that they can then attack it. The second part of the incantation opens up a portal that's supposed to send the monster away right. and get rid of all the Kandarian demons from this dimension. Right. So the stage is set. We've uh, Our heroes find the pages. And as Ash is just about to get out of the basement... Henrietta shows up. They fight. Uh, she comes. Is this where she comes upstairs and starts spinning in the air? So, yeah, and, she yeah. gets out of it here because yeah. they before they went in, which again thought was the craziest thing. Instead of just taking the lock off or breaking the lock, they cut the whole trap door open. Oh, so right. well, they it have just to sh- lets her right out. Well, they have to show off the fucking chainsaw hand. Yeah, I mean, why else do it? So they cut some wood. She gets out and turns into the ostrich monster, as I like to call it. Uh, making chimp noises. Making chimp I, noises. As I noticed. Um, so they fight and ultimately, uh, what's her name? Annie gets killed or is getting killed whilst doing right. the incantation or reading the pages or well, first, saying whatever it is. First, Ash has to kind of chop up Henrietta because before they even do the incantation or any of that, she, she reads one part of it, but... Uh, they're fighting Henrietta, and Ash, you know, of course, does his cutting off each of the limbs. and Or he's getting beat up at first, which if you watch the behind the scenes, it's one of the funniest things to watch this big puppet Henrietta thing fighting with Ash. It's hilarious. But um, at first he's losing, and he, and Annie starts singing the, uh, the Hush Little Baby, Don't You Cry song, mm. which diverts. And this, as we talked about earlier, why didn't it help hopefully bringing Henrietta back? Maybe she had been a Kendarian demon too long. Uh, but then Ash gets the upper hand, cuts her into bits, and he goes back to reading the incantation. The big monster comes through the door. So this big, let's talk about this big monster for a second. So we've turned it into physical form, the smoke monster, as you like to say. Uh, was it a tree? Was it had, because his arms and hands were branches and wood, and that was a well, fucking tree. Well, if you watch the TV series, Ash versus the Evil Dead. But this came out first. I, I, did, I didn't. I'm just saying, but if you did, you'd okay. actually get to see a better view of this monster. It's actually a flesh monster. It's a, it's a, a giant looking, I don't know how, uh, did it kaiju have, kind of monster. But did it have tree well, uh, for the, arms and hands? The trees were attacking around the house. That's what all you're seeing, the limbs and everything. That's all the other trees, tree beard and his little tree ants are attacking the house. So, yeah, that's okay. That's what I thought was happening. Okay, so but, yeah, this physical monster was just a head then? It was just a head at this point. Okay. So I would have never have guessed that. No. And since this came out first, I can't really reference the TV series. And plus I haven't seen it, but I am going to check it out. No, I, I agree um, with you. It's not really uh, visited, not uh, explained enough. Right. So anyways, I thought uh, that it was just a bigger tree. 
right? So the the physical form that they turned it into was just a bigger tree. And at this point, I'm like, oh, now tree bird's going to, you know, eat ash. Uh, But at the last second, as ash is about to get eaten, I'm I'm assuming that's what would happen. They're going to swallow his soul. They're going to (laughs) swallow. Well played. Uh, Annie finishes the incantation or the passage reading, whatever it is, in her dying dying breath. Because Ash's hand came back clutching the Kandarian dagger and stabbed her in the back. That's how she dies. We watched it last night and I still forgot. Yeah, basically, which I don't quite understand how the hand could hold the dagger, jump up in the air, and stab her in the back. Clearly, you've never watched The Addams Family. Yeah, maybe. Ash stabs the eye of this big demon with his his, uh, chainsaw, which makes it let go. You're right, I think I... I think you're right. At this scene, he was being held by a tree, wasn't he? Yeah. As he's being pulled in. So you're right. It kind of had the tree arm. Yeah. So I can see where you can get that. So, and uh, we forgot to mention that the portal has been opened and is now sucking everything into it. Takes the car, uh, takes some trees, shockingly. Uh, and now it's making its way for the Deadite, the ultimate. What Does this big, bad demon have a name? Just Candarian demon. Just a Candarian demon. Yeah. So in theory, all Candarian demons could be like that. This is like the big Candarian demon. This is the one that's kind of running the show and sending out all the other demons. Yeah. They never really explain it. We should consult the book. Yeah, it's in the book. Dude, what was rule number 42? Do not read from the book. Uh, They're going to do it anyway. The thing that bothered me about this scene is that we learned that the portal is actually like a portal in space and time and it takes them back in the time to what was the date the year 1300 ad to me the idea of oh yeah this thing is evil bad it's killing everyone let's send it back into time where it can screw with our history uh time travel doesn't work like that remember oh yeah i guess we kind of explain that in the marvel universe the yeah MCU. Well, that's what endgame tells us yeah you mean back to you mean back to the future was a bunch of bullshit so yeah uh the the portal is open and everybody's getting sucked into it including our hero uh and he lands at 1300 ad and we see knights and uh soldiers something out of like robin hood right but we it's the same castle that we saw earlier on in the film when uh the archaeologist wife and annie as a little girl oh i guess she was the same age yeah but it's uh, rebuilt this time it's not a uh ruins Right. No, no. It's, it's like what it should have been, mm-hmm. right? How, how, how it was built. So um, the car lands and then Ash lands. At uh, first, the knights are going to take him prisoner, but we see a deadite kind of with wings and everything flying at them. Ash kills the deadite and they start to worship him. Now, did you catch who the knight was that praises Ash? It was Sam Raimi. Yeah, and I guess standing right next to him, which I still haven't caught. I need to go back and watch. Is Ted Raimi standing next to him? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this thing's flying. He takes out his boomstick, shoots it in the head, <clears throat> and everyone is cheering him. And it's, I mean, he's their savior, right? I mean, he—he's not too happy about. Oh it. no, and I like—I—I I kind of enjoyed that. He did not want to be there at all. And, uh, and you know, the camera pulls out, and now he's stuck in 1300 AD, which is a setup for. army of darkness for sure it just feels like it's a setup for a bunch of misadventures upcoming for ash oh yeah oh and where's he is he gonna teach him how to make bullets maybe they address that in i don't ever remember that in in army of darkness in army of darkness he's just he makes some shotgun 
shells shells but he doesn't there's a scene kind of funny with merlin the wizard that he's teaching him gunpowder uh and merlin almost blows them up yeah i think i remember that uh where he almost holds the gunpowder bag over the flame anyway uh yeah it's all set up and then we get army of darkness which is not even a horror movie it's just a comedy it's a campy comedy um and great lines in that next movie they really build up the whole idea of ash as the anti-hero who just wants to get home yeah. I felt like it was an evil quantum leap. <laughs> I used to love that show. Did you? Yeah. You know he never gets to jump home? No, and Scott Bakula has said he's open to re- revisiting the series. Yeah, why not? They're remaking everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so that's Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. I feel like we should maybe get into some ratings here. Or How do we do our else? rating systems? Well, you know, and I was thinking about this. Uh, we uh, grade on a uh, 1 to 5 scale. One being terrible, five being good. And we kind of base it on, if we were uh, channel surfing, uh, would we stop on this movie and uh, how long would we spend on it? And if there were other movies on, would we choose this movie over another? All right, so um, your movie. Go ahead, my friend. My first? Yeah. Um, I got to give a lot of credit to this movie to being an inspiration for a lot of future horror movies. Uh, I thought, I agree with you. I love that the point of view was from the goat, the big smoke monster uh, in the beginning. Um, I love the fact Bruce Campbell can do no wrong. I mean, that guy is amazing. I mean, he just, he makes me laugh and enjoy every single role he's been in. I mean, he portrays a guy with a huge ego in the movies. He's the same guy in real life. I've actually had a chance to meet him once at a convention same guy exactly what you expect of him it is a campy horror movie it's not the greatest movie out there but it is a cult classic and it did like i said again inspire a lot of movies now it comes down to again if it's on tv am i gonna watch it am i gonna or am i gonna skip on to what's next i have to go with my gut which says if it's between a few movies that i like probably gonna watch the other movies first this is not going to be my first go-to movie uh, if there's nothing else on, I'm going to watch this movie just because Bruce Campbell cracks me up. Probably going to watch it to about the scene where he cuts off his own hand because I just love the whole interaction, the improvised scene of Bruce Campbell fighting his hand. So in the end, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Wow, I'm, I'm kind of shocked. I am too. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah. Uh, professor? So for me, I greatly appreciate all of the all of the creative uh, gags and uh, the camera work that Sam Raimi gave us in this movie, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the gore, the cinematography of his work, you know, pioneered and paved the path. And I have a great deal of respect for him and what he's done for that. I too also totally am a big, big uh, uh, Bruce Campbell fan. Loved him in Briscoe County Jr. That was something that the wife and I enjoyed the series of, and we would watch diligently Friday nights. Uh, I'm a Burn Notice fan, and I love him in Burn Notice as well. I, I have a great deal of admiration and respect for him. And, the, you know, because of these two being in the movie and the way that they are is the reason why I give it as high of a rating as I do. In general, I uh, thought that this movie 
comes across like a, a set of vaudeville acts. It it's it's disjointed. The the scenes don't work with each other. The storytelling is highly inconsistent. the 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 character development is non-existent. I am, uh, you know, if I'm watching a horror movie, I, I'm expecting to be scared. I was never scared in this movie. I did not jump for this movie. There was a couple times that I did laugh at the movie, but it's the wrong kind of laughing because I'm laughing at the movie. I'm not laughing with the movie. And this movie in general, I was, you know, unimpressed with. As, as much as I appreciate, you know, what, what Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi have done for the movie, it, in the end, it just comes down to, you know, I really couldn't care less if I see this movie again or not. This movie is a one star for me. It is something that I will pass on every time, and I have no interest in watching it ever again. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> um, I thought that for 1987 and everything that they had to go through uh, to get it made and act- and how they actually made it, um, I applaud, right? Uh, it, it fits its time period. Uh, it's not my style of horror, Uh I'm kind of with you, Ken, when I watch a horror film, I, I, I like to be scared. Um, and if it scares me the first time I watch it, uh, I'll remember how that felt. So watching it again, um, you know, you're not as scared because you know what's coming, but it's still, you know, a little little iffy here and there. Um, I don't think I would ever get that from this film. Uh, the campiness just, it wasn't for me. I It was uh, kind of a, was kind of absurd right the whole dancing sequence and um it it could have gone a different direction and it uh could have been played more straight uh and it would have been interesting to see what sam remy did with that uh but you know if this is on tv i'm probably not gonna stop and watch it um i'm glad i saw it uh so it's it's gonna be a one star for me as well sorry john no, it's all good. In fact, uh, it's interesting that you brought up Ken Briscoe County Jr. That's the convention that we actually went and saw him. A bunch of uh, college friends and I saw that he was going to be at the Briscoe County Jr. Conve- or convention. So we showed up with all of our Evil Dead merchandise to get him to sign it. And we were allowed to ask him one question. And it was actually a question about Briscoe County Jr. It was, how did he get a stubble to look so cool on his face? He looked at us and said, it's a setting on my razor. Now get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and then he signed my poster, Shop Smart, Shop S Smart. That's awesome. Quick yeah. quick question. In in the uh, credits, um, we have fake shemp. Is the term shemp originating because of this movie? John, do you know what a shemp is? No, I do not know. A shemp is somebody or that appears in the movie without them necessarily appearing in whole. Mm. A hand, a foot, the back of their head. It is somebody that is used to uh, propel the story along. And so uh, when we see uh, in The Road Warrior, when we see Max going underneath for the blade at the beginning, and he is uh, going to disarm, and he's going to take out um, the gyro captain. Do you remember that? Mm Mm-hmm. That is that would be a shemp hand. Hmm. So that wasn't Mel Gibson's hand that went under to grab the knife, but instead armed the bomb. 
It was the assistant director, actually. Oh, for fuck's sakes. What did I give that movie? You're going to take it down a rating? I'm fucking A, oh, I am. You know what? I'm going to call you out on something, Don. Oh, shit. I'm going to call you out. When Don and I watched this movie yesterday, uh-uh. now maybe you can defend this, but when you when I, we pointed out the Freddy Glove, you said, well, this movie just earned a point five. Yeah. So what do you think so the score now was? Your score originally was point five. Yeah. And you bumped it up to one. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. I, I I dug it. I dug the little callback and put a smile on my face. And yeah. for that, I gave it a point five. Yeah, so it, it was the dancing girl that really took it down for you, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, and that that's just the tip of the iceberg. Okay. Um, so yeah, have have you, Don, ever heard of Shemp before in credits? I have not. I thought that was just like a handstand in or you know a body double yeah it, it, it's it's when somebody is used you know for a, a small little moment in the movie like i said it could be your leg it could be the back of your head it could be you know it, it, you're just there on screen for just a few moments yeah. yeah i didn't know that there you go is it time to pull out the helmet all right so now comes the point of the podcast where we are going to select our uh next movie uh so, hey, Ken, how did we get to this spot? How do we do our movies? Well, curious little thing. We have this little Denver Broncos football helmet that when we started this, we put five movies each into the helmet. And these five movies could be any movies that we wanted. Maybe we loved it. Maybe we wanted to see it again, or it could be any reason. And so each time we draw out one movie, and we have gone through all of Don's movies, and we have gone through four of my movies and four of John's movies. So there are only two left. One John, one Ken movie. So yeah. tonight, one will be done. Yeah. Oh, was it uh, There Can Only Be One? There Can Only Be One. There Can Be One. And that could be in the helmet. One. Why do you keep tilting your, til, uh, showing your hand? I don't know. I think I actually know what my last movie is. So. Is, is it Highlander? I am not going to rock you. It's Flash Gordon again. It could be. Could be the sequel to Flash Gordon. Is there a sequel to Flash no. Gordon? Oh yeah, it was called uh, Flash Gordon. No, it was called uh, Ewoks uh, Adventure Holiday Special. Uh, no, Battle for Endor. Yeah, that's what it was. The All right. The anyway, who's drawing this time? Yeah, who's drawing? I think you picked that one, didn't you? I think I did. And before that, I think I let you pick because... So this is going to be... Don should pick between Ken and I. I totally agree. Okay. All right. I'll pick. I'll pick. Everybody stand by. All right. So the next movie we will be reviewing is 1984 comedy directed by Ivan Reitman starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Harold Ramis. Oh, I'm loving this. The Ghostbusters. Well done, Professor. Well done. That is a good choice. That is a classic movie. It is not my movie. Is that yours? It's my movie? It's not mine. Wow, I did not remember putting that one in the hat. Whose is that? That is mine, I think. Did I read that right? Yeah, Ghostbusters, the original. Yeah. And I don't think you'd ever have to differentiate. That looks like my handwriting. I did not remember putting that in. As opposed to the real Ghostbusters. You did not predict that one, did you? No, fuck no. I thought for sure if anyone would have picked it, it would have been the professor I honestly, or myself. I honestly thought I put Dark City in there, but no. I haven't watched, I guess it. I put I haven't watched this in a while. Uh, it, it'll be good uh, to watch uh, this again. Uh, yeah. Uh, fun fact, uh, a good friend of mine, her dad built Echo One. That's so awesome. Yeah. The great, awesome. the great thing about this movie is we get to watch this movie and then the new one, Ghostbusters Afterlife, is coming out soon. Yeah. Did you see the remake with the girls? 
I did not. I did, and... Disappointed, aren't you? I, I can tell. I'm not trying to be sexist or anything. Okay, but, Dude, but I just didn't did think the movie Did you just hear worked. how he said it? Yeah, I, I mean, you, you might as well just say, I'm being sexist A lot here, of people say that it was a bad movie because they put women as Ghostbusters. I thought they were funny. I thought the story in the Ghostbusters, the new version, was stupid. It was, it was the same story. Ghosts come to New York, and they have to fight the ghost. Yeah. I thought it was entertaining. Uh... I thought it was funny. They made me laugh. Uh, and I loved all the little nods. And each of them got him, even Harold Remus, even though he had passed away. His face is the statue, uh, is the uh, is the bust when uh, Kristen Wiig gets fired. All right. So there you have it. Uh, Ghostbusters is going to be next. Uh, John, where can they find us? They can find us at our website, which is www.3guysandaflick.com. They can also find us on any of your favorite podcast hosting channels, Podbeam, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're on them all. And uh, we have one movie left in the helmet. I think we have an idea of what we're going to do for our next uh, round of movies. Uh, That being said, if you have a suggestion or if you want to see us review a movie, let us know. Uh, on our Facebook page, you can Twitter, leave a, you whatever. can leave a comment, or if you go to our website, there's an easy little form entry. You can just submit a movie suggestion. I love it. I love it. All right, so that's it for our show this evening. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Um, I'm Don. I'm John, and I'm Ken. Thanks for listening. Groovy. Mm-hmm.